Good afternoon. It's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shed. Yay! I am very, uh, I have an amazing guest today. She's a little late, which is, I'm kind of excited about it actually, because this is a chance for me to use my shrink stuff where I get to like ask the person why, what psychological reason they were late. Just like those shrinks do. I think it, I think it'll be interesting. We'll all find out together. Let me lower this mic just a hair because I'm not that tall. She is though. Um, so let's see. Um, well, anyway, so you know what? Uh, one of our sponsors is, uh, Brill Cream today. Uh, Brill Cream, a little dab will do ya. So if you want to keep your hair down uh, in any particular way, any hair, you know, you could even style hair that people would normally see, which might be um, show some innovation on your part. You should get Brill, Brill Cream. It's good for you. Don't eat it. Don't eat it, though. But you know what? Uh, I am very proud of, of Radio Free Brooklyn today because we are included in the uh, Bushwick Film Festival as a sponsor. Isn't that fantastic? So I want to talk about um, what I'm supposed... So I have to tell you about it. I actually have responsibilities here to let you know what's going to be happening. It's the uh, 8th Annual Bushwick Film Festival, which you know, has to be fantastic. I'll be there. I'll, I'm going to be coming and going. So, you know, hopefully I'll run into you. So you should come. Um, and it's from October 1st to 4th. And um, come and discover amazing independent film, inspiring panels, and great workshops at the 8th Annual Bushwick Film Festival. Tw there's going to be 24 feature screenings, two short film blocks, one art house showcase, a new media interactive day presented by NYU Polytech, and live uh, live appearances by Trey Harris of Orange is the New Black, Arturo Castro of Comedy Central's Broad City, Brandy Cyrus. Here's Jessica. Jessica, do you know who Brandy Cyrus is? Uh, the name rings a dingling, but I can't. Okay. Okay, well, well, I'll find out. I'll find out. And many more. Um, for further information and tickets, visit uh, www.bushwickfilmfestival.com, all spelled out. And if you love independent film, come and join us, us from Radio Free Brooklyn at the 8th Annual Bushwick Film Festival. Yay! I feel really excited about it, just reading about it. So I'm so glad to see you, Jessica. Lisa, I got lost. Oh, you did? Oh, oh, that's okay. It, I found it, though. I'm, pe I'm periscoping. Is that okay? Yeah, no, that's fun. I love watching you on Periscope. Aww. Your life is so exciting. That's what I want to find out about. But I was also just saying that I'm actually kind of happy that you're late because this gives me a chance to, like, do the shrink thing where we can actually say... So why are you why are you late? Oh, you know what? I left on time. I really did. I'm sh um, and I'm very good usually about being on time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the reason I'm late is because I did get I got in a cab. I tried to get an Uber, but I had to, I put my credit card information in three times because my credit card got stolen. And then I finally figured out a way to uh, just grab a cab. Took the cab oh, over here. Oh wow! There was traffic because it's raining out there. Lisa. Oh no, shit! Tell. Really? That sucks. But I did leave about. I gave myself about forty minutes to get here, which maybe I'm was sure a little you did. No, side. no. See, this is why I'm not a real shrink because a real shrink has to like bug you and find out. And I always find that so annoying when my therapist does that to me. Do you ever go to therapy? I used to. So do you? Do you? Do you know that that trope that the therapist uses? What trope? The trope of, like, um, when you're late to therapy, the first thing they have to talk to you about is the, your psychological resistance to being on time. No, I love being on time. I, really I, I, I mean, you know, I would think of, I think of you as somebody who's, you know, really professional totally and would never be able to get all this shit done 
if you weren't always on time, but I'm not always on time, or Lisa, like mostly on time. But I do, I do what I can. You know, I really do. Yeah. So, um, but you know, we have to ask that. That's our that's our job. So let's say you got lost, huh? What is what is the inter- what is this, what is the Freudian interpretation of getting lost? Um, well, I guess there's something about you know like well, first of all, there's the expression to like to get lost. Like, right. Uh, there's a couple ways. You know, you can be like, you can use it in a negative way, like get lost. You know, which is kind of a negative connotation, like beat it, scramola, get out of here. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? You're good for nothing. For example, <laughs> but then you can use it in the other way, like, um, like I just want to go somewhere beautiful and just like get lost for a couple of days, you know, man. And that's that's a nice connotation too. Uh, that's a that's a different connotation. That's a kinder, gentler connotation. Yes, yes. So I, and I like both. I like I love the expression. I love saying to people, "Get lost," because first of all, no one uses that expression anymore, right? No yeah, because you can't really get lost because we all have our GPS on us at twenty four seven. Right, but everyone knows what it means. It means like go to an Amazon jungle and step off a cliff. You know, like get lost. Seriously. Yeah, get out of get my get out of here. Face. Go disappear. Go well, away. Well, you found you found you found it. I did, and you are here, I and am. you are present. So I let's am. let's work with that. Let's just present. go with that. I was so yeah. yeah. So um, it's so good to see you. I haven't. I don't you think a present. Really, that's so funny because I have a present for you. Really, I love presents. I love giving presents. I love getting presents. I love having a presence. <laughs> I, love, I love all those. I things. love that element. There's always, you know, when I was a little kid. This is so funny. When I was a little kid. I love, and I think this shows that I can delay gratification, which is an important, important thing to be able Sting to do. Sting is also really into delayed gratification. Sting? Yeah. He's really? tantric sex. Yeah. Get it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ah. Um, well, that's, it, I think the process is gratifying. But I guess, I guess like what I was going to say is like when I was a little kid and I'd get like a bunch of Christmas presents, I know we're Jewish, but we celebrate Christmas. And um, I just love the concept of the presence, and I was always disappointed by what I got, what they actually turned out to be. That's interesting. So I liked having them wrapped, and I would keep them wrapped for a whole day, which <laughs> everybody thought was really weird. That but is interesting. Yeah, though. I like the element of surprise. I like holding on to that. Huh. I, well, now that I'm older, I like like when people give me presents, I'm not like, oh, I got to rip this open right now. You know, I'm more like, thank you so much. And then I kind of hold on to it for a while, put it I, in my pile or my purse or whatever. And, you know, I know because you know why uh, this is what happens as you get older. I think this is what happens. I think, you know, when you're younger, you're like excited that like the id, 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 it. the id part of you is excited. <laughs> And then when you get older, you, I think this is what happens. You get really self-conscious, and people get really self-conscious. So, um, not for you, Kitty. So what happens is they wind up um, not opening the present in front of you because they're afraid, like they're gonna not, re- they're not gonna be able to respond properly. Yeah. Or what if they don't like it? You know, what if what if someone gives you a present and they and you don't like it, and then you have to kind of be like, ah. It's a, and you have to put on, you have to start acting. And some people are just very naturally poor actors. I know, I know, but it's just the knowledge, the pressure. It sort of takes. I think it takes the the joy of present giving away a little bit. Mm. I mean, I think. Um, so the moral of the story is just don't don't give anyone a present. Don't ever give n- presents. No, the mo- the moral of the story is. Just kidding. Yeah, lose lose all expect. You know, yeah. you if you it's, get it's just about, don't it's have any expectations of anything ever. Uh huh. Exactly. It's about the gesture. It's it, it's not about what the present is. It isn't about what if they're going to react nicely to it. It's about the the very simple concept of giving and receiving. Yeah, yeah. Like right now, I'm excited. I'm feeling excited to give you this present, and I'm also like really. Um, feeling great and touched that you brought me, that you thought of bringing me something. Oh, so well, I'm like, so see how good we're. Well, this is like it's so nice. Starting off to a good, yeah. yeah a like good I'm place. feeling great about this stuff. You have a pres. I have a pre- and I have a. How often does that happen outside of Christmas that you actually can exchange gifts? I love giving presents and getting presents. And I live in yeah. Chinatown, right? As some of you may, some of some of any people. I may think know. a lot of people must know that. I, lo- well, I talk about it all the time. It's all I freaking talk about. Chinatown, Chinatown, Chinatown. 
But Chinatown is interesting because it used to be such a divey part of town. Oh yeah. And I I lived in it even when it was a little shady, and um and I and I loved it even then. I loved it even when it was kind of shady. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so and being there now, it's changed. It's a little nicer. It's a little. It's kind of kicking up its step a, a little bit. And I still love it. And I just I'm so happy to be there. And as long as I've yeah. been there, I've been I've been singing Chinatown's praises because before when it was shady, you could live there for inexpensively, and there were all the charms of the neighborhood mm-hmm. that were sort of hidden. They were like yeah. little secret surprises. And sure. now today, it's a little more expensive to live there. Mm. But I've kind of worked it out so that my situation's good because I've been there for a long time. Yeah, you're like a landowner, which is no, I'm not. no but you know what? No, but you know what? You do. I mean, when you move to a place early, you do you do have some kind of real estate. You often, you know. Yeah, that's a perk it, to get in is. there. It is, totally. I'm sorry. I'm looking for a charger for my phone so that I can be able to, you know. We have pl- we have plugs. Do they have, a char- they have a charger right here? You want me to plug it in for you? Yeah, could you? Sure. Hand it over. Thank you, ma'am. Hand, hand it over. There you go. Okay. I'm going to plug it in. I like that you're walking every step of the way. You're like, now I'm going to take the cord. Now I'm going to insert it into the phone. Well, these people can't see what's going on. No, they can't, which is why I also explained that I was looking for a charger because there's just all this rustling. And people are like, what's with the – where's the rustling? Why yeah, is that it's, happening? Okay, guys, it's it's in the charger okay. now. We can we can all – you can relax. It happened. This is like the opposite of pantomiming. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so what have you been, been up to? You are like – you were you were you were like you were like I'm a, like a mosquito. Like, I'm uh, like a firefly. I'm no, like a, I'm, I'm like I'm like a bird. I don't know. I have so many. You do so many things. Like I don't even like. I can't keep up with you. I don't even know what to ask you about. <laughs> I'm serious. You were like, and you know what? I'm like starting to like this Periscope thing, and you're very active on Periscope. So I feel like I know. Like you were. Didn't you just? You're taping a pilot. Um. No, I'm not. Were you going to? I, I've, over the years, I've tried to tape various pilots of things, mm. and I wanted to get a thing started on Patreon where I would create a pilot. Um, I, I Really, what I'd just love to What's do What's Patreon? Is, Patreon is a website where people can donate money to your art if they want to. It's kind of ah. like Kickstarter, but it's a little more personal. Ah. And I created a Patreon page, but then I didn't, I didn't, I haven't really been nurturing it because... Ah. You have so many other things going on. Also, yeah, that too. But also, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting gearing myself up for like, is this something I really want to uh, do? Because it's not that I have any problem asking people for help. I actually, I love asking people for mm-hmm. help and I love giving help. Mm-hmm. I love helping. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, uh, I don't know if I want to get into the situation where I have to have a timeline that's sort of expected of me. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. I'm very carefree. I'm like the wind. I'm like a ghost. You know, I just kind of I go where I go. I do mm-hmm. what I do. I sort of plan it, but not really. And you I know. listen to a lot of stuff like I listen to a lot of success audio tapes oh, and videos and stuff. Just interesting. Because it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. How do pe- how did people get their start? How did people get their success? You know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Warren Buffett is kind of an interesting cat and he he uh, doesn't have very much structure to his day at all and he completely avoids meetings which I think is very interesting really I'm going to go look this up yeah if you Wait, go do, on is YouTube it, just, mm-hmm. uh, while, I, while I'm working out is it like out, a talk guys, yeah he just he's just chatting it's like an interview It's the, the, that one was like the 10 things Warren Buffett suggests for success oh or wow but you know it's all the same stuff everybody says the same stuff they say keep a list have, set your goals Stay positive, you know, take care of yourself, get a lot of sleep. It's like a lot of the same basic stuff that we've all heard over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, before when I was, um, I mean, I was, not that I stayed up all night preparing, but I did do a little. I mean, I feel like, you know, I've, I have certainly followed your career closely thanks. since I've known you, which thanks, was Lisa. like 2006 or seven, something like something that. Something like that. Yes, and I've been a fan and all that. We Thank know you. we know this. We know this. So, um, but um, like, so I was like contemplating you, and one of the things that I was thinking about is like how much you've gotten done and how many interesting, weird projects. Like you know, like the um, funny, you, like a whole fucking funny songs festival, <laughs> and you That's opened a, a music space, right? I the did. unicorn. I, I mean, how many people school. can say they've? 
And I started thinking, you know, Jessica's really successful. Now, how does she do all that? And then I think a lot of that is because you have a lot of personal freedom to it's take true. those risks. It's true. I do. I do. See? And I have, I, have, I have actually carved my life purposely in that direction where I, I don't really have a job that I have to report to. I don't mm-hmm. really have a, um, you know, I, I, the expectations thing is it's just sort of it's and I the thing is, too, is like, don't get me wrong, because uh-huh. I would love to have a job for years. Lisa, I, I, I submitted packets to writing right, shows right, to yeah. SNL to, you know, Daily Show to Colbert to Late Night to I've, I I'd like to have a writing job. I would job. Have loved to have done that. And I did it for years. I, I, you know, put writing packets together and I just, you know, I never had an agent. I just haven't mm-hmm. gotten I haven't been able to dis to, to sort of um figure out that process. And so at one point I just kind of for lack of a better word, gave up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Obviously, you know, these people aren't looking for me. They're not trying to hire me to like write for these shows. Agents aren't, you know, trying to be my agent. Mm -hmm. So I just, if I really care about my, my world and my career and my, and this is something I'm really passionate about, I'm just going to figure out another way to do it. You know, I'm not going to let these people be in charge of how exactly. my story unfolds exactly so i just started kind of doing my own stuff i made, made my own videos i set up my the music store and um and space the unicorn in chinatown is something that i wanted to do for a while and you know i used to love the bowery poetry club it was oh, a great yeah, venue I know. really great performances all the time some of my favorite performers came through there reggie watts Kristen shaw all these really wonderful performers and oh, yeah. jim gaffigan you know these great people would come through all the time oh, no. would come and perform on the show that i did with diana deborah and stephanie oh um, yeah that's right what was the name Steph of it Sibeli. again uh, it was called um skits and tits right 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 and it was a great great show it was like packed every month the space was wonderful the people were it was just a really special special decade i, I spent like yeah. almost 10 years there wow doing uh stuff and it was really wonderful but you know when it closed i felt like it really left a sort of a hole in I my agree. in oh, my world mine too yeah and i was teaching music lessons at the time because i had been doing a bunch of touring and performing overseas which is really awesome and i love doing that but when i came when i come back to america it's not as easy for me to um, like book big paying festivals and stuff because you know there's like a lot of comedians there's a lot of competition oh, whatever well, yeah i don't know how many doesn't <laughs> so i so i started the school um, I, I, well, I was just teaching lessons, but people were coming over to my house all the time, you know. Right, right. And I was like, you know, this is fun and stuff, and it's fine, but I'd rather just take it in a more kind of professional direction. Sure. You know, rather than having 40 people a week come over to my house. Yeah. And I had a room, you know. I had, like, a dedicated music lesson studio room mm-hmm. in my apartment. I was lucky enough to have that situation, but it still was just, you know, a lot of people coming in and out every day. And my neighbors were like, what is – are you, like, Airbnb? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so I, I – opened up the unicorn we built a stage it was an old bodega my wow. husband my husband undertook this with me he loves me he's very special i'm very yeah. lucky to have found yeah him. he seems awesome and you guys you know yeah it's he's good you got married on the beach on a horse but all your fans know that <laughs> i found him on craigslist which your your boyfriend my husband, your husband? Yeah, we met on craigslist um, we met in a really fun way. There's a story. Um, New York Times Vows did a piece about it. Yeah. Where we basically, uh, you know, I wrote this very specific list of all the qualities I wanted in my husband, in my, you know, future potential husband. And all these, I got like 300 responses. A lot of them were complete, you know, nice people, but sort of dipshits or like people who yeah. didn't fit the qualities of the list. A lot of dick pics. Mm. And one of them was was him. And um, we just really hit it off. And we ended up getting married a few years later. It's so and, crazy. Uh, it is. Um, what was, what were you, what, like, what was the mindset behind, what year was that? Because was that, like, before all these dating apps? Yeah, it was a little before the big dating app thing. It was before mm. Tinder. It was, it was before, before Match. Match. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, but once again, you did a resourceful thing. So what was your mindset when you did that? I mean, it obviously worked out and. I mean, you know, you're you're a lovely, attractive, oh, you, interesting, fascinating person, <laughs> and it's like a weird back at you, babe. No, but it's like weird. It is like it. It does say something that, like, you know, you, you had you you had that that was the route that was successful for I you. I think that dating is very hard in New York because men 
come here, they move here to the city, and they're overwhelmed with how many options they have. And when you have too many options, it's hard to focus. You know, I think and so. Yeah. There are so many gorgeous, talented, slender, lovely, curvy, yeah. beautiful when, women yeah. of every shade and size. And you can just have every. You know, if you're a guy in the city, how do you get any work done? It's like a, it's like one of those major salad bars. It really is. It's like a it's like you an all you can eat Chinese buffet of like every single beautiful woman that you right. could possibly. With, with this, with with the dessert, with the dessert barb next to it. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough, and and I, you know, I I had had a few boyfriends. I I wasn't like really into the dating scene. I have some friends who you know really yeah. got out there and tried that their, like dating. But I I do I do serial monogamy, and I always kind of have. I always sort of get a boyfriend and just kind of hang mm-hmm. out with him for a couple of years, and uh, you know I I found myself over thirty. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm Italian. I was raised a little bit traditionally in that, you know, f- the, the people get married and they have kids and stuff like that. So I've got that in my psyche somewhere, even though I also knew that if it weren't, if it didn't go that way, that would be okay too. You know, mm-hmm. it would be fine. Right. But I wanted to see if it was, if that was an option was for me. Was getting married something you were really interested in or did you just want to have a partner? Well, here's the thing about marriage and, or partnering either way. And, and marriage wasn't necessarily a deal breaker. But the thing about marriage is that it allows certain opportunities, you know, like tax breaks. Yeah, tax breaks, insurance, um, you know, and also just like there's a real there's a real commitment, um, you know, that you're, you're just like taking this huge leap together, you know, whereas if you're just living together, it's a little less, you know, there's like. No, a, it is a different. It is a, it's different. a different vibe. Yeah, but I you know, love being married too. By the way, that's like, great. I love and and everyone I talked to for years have been like, "You're gonna don't get married. You'll be sorry. It's terrible. You don't have sex anymore, and everything's terrible. And you always get divorced." And fifty like everyone's so anti marriage, and I just really I'm I really dig it. I love being married. It, I'm it, very happy, and it is definitely different than like living with somebody or for doesn't even matter. Yeah, and it's it was definitely hugely different. freeing to me. Which is weird and because some people consider it to be like a chain or a tie. But for me, I was able to really focus on work because I no longer have this thing in my head of like, I have to be a beautiful, pretty, cute woman <laughs> who people look at and think maybe they can help me and then they can have my vagina as a reward. You know, it was <laughs> this kind of weird thing that I was sort of stuck in mentally and it just went away. Like once so, I, I I got married, I just I was like, okay, I'm just a, I'm just a person who you know you can't have my vagina, and I've got a brain, I've got a mind, and I've got some ideas, and like let's do some work. So now that you're married, do you, did I mean is it like you feel like I mean is it just the way you feel like you're being related to out in the world? Like when before you were married, like even though you were in a committed relationship, um, maybe men. It I think didn't if you're se- not married, people definitely think there's still an opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. if you say to someone, "I've got a, I, I've got this boyfriend," some people will will be like, "Oh, she has a boyfriend. That's that." But some people will be like, "I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you have a boyfriend." But if you say you're married, people treat that a little more seriously. It's also really interesting hearing from you, somebody who really does embrace freedom. That being married can give you more freedom. It's I've, some. It's I've something it I'm be. actually beginning to learn. Learn myself. You know, I was resistant to getting married, and now that I'm married, I feel that way too. I feel like I'm freer to do my work and work at my projects. And yeah, like I don't have. I don't. There's not this part of me that's like I gotta find the guy to help and be a part of my. I don't know. It's like it, there's something there, something psychological. And I'm sure if you Google it, there's books about it and shit. Sure, but it's also like weird taking. You're like not being part of the game at all. I mean, yeah. weird. I think. Probably good, good, you know, good and bad, yeah. but weird, weird, good. Like because weird, you good. know that weird uh, people aren't thinking about it, or if they are, it's got it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't even factor in, it's and you nice. don't have to. Exp- it's very simple. You don't have to explain anything, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think people just get it. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't have to. It, it, your ring says a lot too. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. it answers a lot of questions. It just yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, then there's this whole, like, Ashley Madison thing. What was that? I don't know. What, did you hear that whistle? Was that a whistle or was it a child screaming? I couldn't tell. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was, Jesus, I don't know what's going on around here. Maybe it sounded Maybe it's like a, a whistle. bike whistle. Somebody practicing their bike oh, okay. whistle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because this is, we yeah. are in a bike store right now. Do you now. do anything with, do you, 
you do stuff with the, a rape whistle. Do you do anything I with do. a bike whistle? No, I, I don't. I never even uh, heard of a bike whistle. Isn't there some kind as of. As far as I'm concerned, every whistle is a rape whistle. <laughs> <laughs> bike whistle, whatever. That's, that's, that's well, that's well slide put. Slide whistle. You never see a slide rape whistle. That'd be fun. Right. Yeah. Slide, slide yeah. Or like a or like a or like a ringtone. <laughs> rape ring rape, ring rape whistle ringtone. Yeah. We got to work on that. There's an app for that. There's yeah. got to be an app for that. Well, I do want to start my um, and I shouldn't even say this out loud because as soon as you say stuff out loud, it goes out into the cloud and then everybody can download it mentally. Yeah. But yeah. And then you own it. But go but ahead. That's okay because I've been talking about it for a while, and if I don't get to do it, someone else maybe they'll do it and they'll include me in it. But I, I want to do a rape whistle choir, which I think would Ooh. be so fun to have like a like a band of like five or six girls, and they make sort of like songs. Oh, I love that idea! You want to be in my rape whistle yeah, choir? Sure, I'm not. Yes. I'm not a particularly great uh, singer or anything. Well, the great but news is there's only three notes on the rape whistle. So if you show me how to do it, I'll yeah, do it for sure. It's really easy. Do you need? Do you? Uh, you that would be great with a, like a dance or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like choreographed dance and clothes, or and like yeah, ra- easily rape clothes or. You yeah, know. I have. And of course, you know there'd be a. I do Dump. it. I do it in a politically. Um, fair and sound way, and that's something I think about a lot these days. Because I, I politics, used, I, yeah, you have to. I used to just put my stuff out and be like, "Here it is," you know, and it was like a vomitorious collection of like mm-hmm. whatever was going into my head. And I still do that to some extent, but I'm a little more selective about what I really push because, um, because I really love what I do, and I would really, really hate to have everything taken away from me. Oh, you, know, you mean like if you said the wrong, offended somebody? Oh, if you offend a ra- somebody who's been raped for real, yeah. Or you know, but but the 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 mission of the song is to also talk about rape, and that's something that is wonderful as a comedian is that you get to you get to share ideas, sure, um, in a way that I don't think um, normal people are maybe allowed to share them or feel right. safe sharing them, right? And I always. I'm very positive with my with I, I try to come at things from a positive point of view. I Absolutely, don't, I, I don't make fun of rape uh, victims. No, I know. And and in general, in comedy, you want to punch up and not down, right? right you want you right. want to go for the people who are at the top, who are making everyone's lives harder, or not even at the top, but just people who are messing with you. You, you want to have yeah. You, you don't, don't have you don't attack good, victims. That's right. not that doesn't make for good comedy in general. No, although it is fun to make fun of people in various ways. You know, yes. like roasts are. I love doing roasts. They're oh so yeah, fun. yeah. You were on. A, were you on a roast recently? I just did. A, I was supposed to roast Mark Normand on the at the stand a couple nights ago, and he bailed at the last minute, and so I just kind of gave up on. I had started to put together, you know, a bunch of jokes about him, uh-huh. and then um, the the guy who put it together uh, called me, and he was like, you know. Mark's not going to do it, so just show up and play a couple songs on your guitar. And I was like, okay, fine. And I did, but the the ju- there were judges, and the judges were Rich Voss, uh-huh. um, let's see, Aaron Berg, and Gavin McGinnis, who were like, Aaron's like generally pretty nice, but put in that situation, uh, like, you know, you got to be roasty. Right. And then Rich is, you know, Rich is pretty nice too, right. but he can definitely be vicious, and, and Gavin's just kind of a wonderful asshole. Mm. And uh, I, I really do like Gavin, but mm. I do, but he's like, he can be really harsh. So the three of them were just like attacking me, you know, I was like trying to play a couple songs, and they were like, you suck, and you're like the F-train busker, and, and I was like, what the fuck, man, like, why am I getting, and I should have known that I was going to get ripped apart, no matter what I did. But I kind of thought I was like I, I went into it being like cool. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to roast anyone. I can just do a set. I'm like the middle show entertainment or something. And it was it just totally didn't work because everybody was all everyone hyped was in for like that. yeah everyone was, was in like mob rip you apart mentality mode. But it but it was sounds like kind of like putting putting your pigtails in the inkwell type of. Yeah. Ripping. Yeah. Which is kind of cute. You get like a lot of attention and they feel comfortable with yeah, you. So they fun. say mean things. Yeah. It's, it was fun. And then afterwards we all hugged. You know, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't like leave in tears or anything. It's no, like, no. And even, even though they it. say things that are kind of real, you know, because it's, that's the interesting thing about a roast is you really f- hear what people really think about you, you know, in a way that you don't, 
get in regular life. Right, right, Comedians right. generally walk around being like, hi, how, how is everything? How is it mean? You know, people are pretty nice to each You're other. You're so great. You're so funny. Yeah. You're oh, so that was fabulous. Great. That was great. I know, love yeah. your work. Yeah. I know, I know. And you never know, do they mean it? Do they not? I don't even care. When people when people compliment me, I just say thank you. You know, like I don't even, I don't need an explanation. I don't want to, I don't care because it, it's really none of my business what people think of my work, honestly. <laughs> well, it's just, well, me, it's, it can really, it can really really rule, ruled you. And it, I mean, and it has. You, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's – what surprises me is like a lot of times how, you know, you hear major celebrities are all upset about getting trashed on Twitter. <laughs> you hear that a lot, right? Yeah. Twitter is Have awesome. you been – you've got – how many – you must have like a lot of followers. How many do you I have? I don't have that many. I think I have like 11,000 or something. Yeah, that's a lot. But um, that's – I don't know. You, you're – I mean, for, you know, a lot of people who are big presence – presences like it's always interesting to see who has a lot of followers and who doesn't you know sometimes I expect I see someone who I think to myself this person's really successful and I look on their Twitter feed and they have less followers than I do and I'm like that's so weird why I know we're always evaluating that way isn't it great to have all these little things yeah there's all these little things that I notice that well where do I fit in where's the list where's the list and where am I top comedians in New York City oh man and that's yeah I love Sarah Schaefer's list that's just like the list of comedians who are women and there's like a thousand names yeah, right, on it. It's so right, great. Right, right. It. It's the best. And then someone else this year did something that was like the top, like the top few thousand comedians in New York City. Oh, that's and great. Like, yes. I'm number seven hundred and eighty nine. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's a world it's a world we it's a world we live in. I was actually involved in one roast once of ro- roasting this uh, controversial uh, art critic Jerry Saltz. Do you know who he is? Mm-mm. See, I just roasted him right there and there. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a, a slight dig. But yeah, I don't I don't really um I'm not that involved in the art world, although I did go to art school and I do like art oh, yeah. and I go to art openings and art events and I'm and on a lot of art, art mailing lists and yeah. I make art, but I'm not I don't care about like the po- I can't be I can't know every single person in every single genre you know what I, I mean I know I know because comedy is my thing like I, I'm really I yeah. know all the comedians I'm very I read all the websites I'm a very up on it because that's my world that's the thing that I'm really interested in and then music also I pay attention right, to like right. new musicians you know their records and how they do right, right. I, I read I listen to the top you know I, I check the top 100 iTunes list and listen to you know what's popular and what's selling is that that's a good thing to do well, I mean, as a musician and as no, a music teacher. No, but I mean, teacher, is that a good way to get, like, a broad view of music? Yeah. New I, music? Because it's go, really hard to t- hard to do that. Well, I love Howard Stern. I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern. And one thing I love that he does is he, he'll he have, like, the top ten hottest songs of the week, but they're sung by his whack packers. So it's, like, oh. some, some guy who's, like, you know, <laughs> like, singing these hilarious songs. But anyway, it, but you know if you um, – you know most of the songs because the world won't let you get by with – without hearing these songs. It inundates you. When you go to CVS, when you go to, you know, the grocery store, mm-hmm, anywhere mm-hmm. you go, they're on the radio playing. And then when you go to one, you know, the iTunes Top 100 list, you're surprised, you're shocked. You're like, oh, wow, I know all these songs. Right. Not because I right. even tried to, but because they play them in taxi cabs in the little machine and they play them on the news and they play them on here and there and you just pick them up. But I also do have a very intense ability to, to keep music do you know, like, if I hear a song once or twice, it's in me. I've got it. Oh, oh, yeah. You've got a talent for that. So when you were growing up, like, how did you, how did, like, how did, how did all that creativity, like, manifest itself? Like, did, were, were you given free reign or yeah, what did you I go mean, for? I was pretty lucky to grow up in a really safe, secluded quiet, private, beautiful place. I grew up in Maine mm-hmm. in a really small town, and there were 300 kids in my school. I went to, a like, a basically a, a hippie school it wasn't really but it almost was just because all the all the teachers there were probably like new york artists who had who had enough of new york and moved to maine oh. and it was just a really great great so it was place. cultivated culture yeah it was wonderful and um, my friends were all like just really cool they you know we all lived street a few streets away we could walk to school it was a really like just special wow. little upbringing wow. and, and i had nice. the freedom to to you know I had so much t- I had so much free time and I was just in this very special protected little bubble. What so, did your parents do? 
my dad is uh, well. You know, my mom and my mom and we my have, have we had yeah, this conversation? Maybe. Let's do it again. My birth father uh, kind of like. And my mom split when I was pretty young. Mm -hmm. So I was mostly raised by my stepdad. And my stepdad and my mom, we lived in New Jersey for a couple of years, but then we all moved up to Maine. So uh. we moved up there when I was pretty young. And um, and my mom was sort of a, like, you know, she was she was mostly a home, like a, a housewife, but mm -hmm. she also had some things that she did. Like she's got a really interesting, she's got a great knack for antiques. Uh. So she can pick up an antique and, and know its value and know the story and it, it's really cool. So does she sell them or? Yeah, she would sell them and, re, you know, like refinish fix them. them and and, mm -hmm. all and then your stepdad? And my stepdad was and is a, he's basically, he calls himself Lobster Hitler, which is like. Lobster That's Hitler. My dad. But he um he basically supplies lobster for all he doesn't really call himself that I no, think. But I think the, someone the, else is made there it up, a lobster Schindler then? Yeah, yeah. Well there's uh, uh you know, a lot of yeah, people so, love Maine lobster. Oh yeah, and there's a, a lot big of restaurants for it. yeah, call and for it and want it, so he he supplies it. He's the guy who That sounds like a, a really good business. Is it a good business? It's good, yeah. And when we were young, you know, they were kind of doing a little struggling trying to figure stuff out and for a long time, you know, I think they were trying to just support their family. I had two sisters and myself at the time, mm -hmm. so trying to make it work and my dad uh, stumbled onto doing he was selling caviar and trying to do some stuff like that mm -hmm. um, but then he stumbled onto selling lobster and our lives changed you know like everything changed we got new cars life changed wow. in, a, in a really nice way how old were you I was about nine or ten when things started to kind of kick up a little bit and it wasn't we weren't like you know my dad was always really normal you know like he came every day he took me to the the um the like field after school and we practiced softball every mm -hmm. day together even though he worked all the time and mm -hmm. um and he but he did he did work a lot mm -hmm. so but we didn't have like we didn't have like a huge house or like fancy right. stuff like we we had a very normal upbringing and life and uh, now, of course, my dad, you know, he has like he drives a Porsche and he has a house in Costa Rica. Oh, really? Wow. I, now that I'm like out of the picture, you know, he's mean like living large. Step, step my stepdad, yeah. Yeah. He's doing he's doing wow, good now. Nice. <laughs> now that he doesn't have to like uh, take care of kids and stuff. No, but nice. But yeah, he's built his little empire he made, over the last. He's a self-made man. Mm -hmm. That's like probably where you get some of that initiative. Maybe, yeah. And yeah. and um, what about your real father? My real father is really, really interesting. He is, um, he, I love him a lot. He's, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't really know each other until I was a little older, until like maybe I was about 18 when we mm -hmm. really started to get. Did, did your mom try to keep him? Did yeah, I think she kind of wanted him to keep a little distance just because he, he was living, he, he'd moved out to LA and he was, you know, like just living a crazy LA lifestyle that didn't exactly. She didn't want me to see or be around, and and I don't. Was he a performer or something? He, or? he was a musician, and he wanted to do acting and stuff like that. And um, mm -hmm. I think that when I was older, you know, when I was younger, he would send me pictures and things, and I was really mm -hmm. impressed, and I thought it was really cool and wonderful. But now he works, um, you know, like just a normal. He lives in. Uh, he lives like not far away from me, and he. We see each other a couple times. We actually just shot a commercial together he last lives, week. He lives in um, Manhattan? No, he doesn't live in Manhattan. Or Brooklyn he, he, or something? Yeah, he lives like in the tri-state area. Really? And, yeah, and we wow. we hang out and um, and we he, we just shot a commercial last week together. For, oh, that's so cool. For this like uh, alcohol thing. And, uh, that is so cool. Yeah, he's really fun. We get along really well. He's really, really cool. And he, he's, he's someone who he, – I'll do an impression of my dad. This is my dad my father – impression of my father. Uh -huh. So he calls me up on the phone, and he all he he's really excited about everything. Mm -hmm. He's like, and he always calls me Jess. He's like, Jess, Jess. I got. He leaves. I have voicemail messages. They're hilarious. He's like, Jess, I gotta tell you something. Okay, check this out. Ugly people are stupid, right? You should use that in your act. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I gotta go. And he like hangs up. <laughs> he sounds really funny, but he he's, is, he's it's. Funny. Is he stable guy? I mean, your family he's pretty really stable. stable. Yeah, I mean, it's taken I think a long time for him to figure out his system but he is not married he's single he's a swinging single he dates millionaires constantly like he he picks up because he's like a good-looking guy he's single he's fun you know, he's fun yeah and he just he he attracts millionaire women like like flies to honey and he has mm -hmm. like one 
I, in one year he went through three of them and I was just like dad will you marry one of these women and like you know yeah, settle yeah. down and be cool and he's like no Jess no like I so he's marriage really ruins everything you gotta be free oh man very, so were they all at your wedding oh yeah my dad was there he jumped in the pool wearing his suit was it funny seeing your parents together or it was wonderful they have they, my mom and they dad have a nice rapport now yeah everyone gets along that's good that's good what did your sisters wind up doing Abby, my um, my next sister, who's one a couple years younger than me, is married, and she lives down in the southern area of the East Coast with her family. She's working, and she's a teacher. She's brilliant, really smart. Um, went to uh, you know college for English, English mm-hmm. major, and mm-hmm. graduated like with great grades. And my younger sister below her is um, <clears throat> excuse me, she is a designer, and she is a mom and she you know everyone's like very happy they have kids and family and families and then I have three younger sisters from like my another um, you know sort of an, a, like a, a relationship after we sort of moved out my you know my mom had more kids and uh, and oh, you, you mean after your mom had more kids bef- after your stepdad yeah because she had me when she was pretty young so she she had plenty of time so she to, had other kids she with, had like a with whole your other stepdad? family not my stepdad like an, another, another guy family. so she broke up with your stepdad yeah they, they got divorced like around the time that things actually started getting exciting in uh, our household they kind of split ways and how old were you then i was probably like 10 about 10 oh well it was so really then, it was a then really there was tough, another guy because I was picturing this beautiful, stable life and thinking, wow, how nice. <laughs> and, you know, that's why you're so, like, able to have all this freedom. But really. Oh, my life was totally fucked. Like, it from the time. I ran away when I was 15 and I never went back. Really? Yeah, like, I had a really wacky childhood. And um, and my mom and my dad. My mom and I did not get along for years. My dad and I didn't get along for ye- Like, everything was a mess. It was just a train wreck for years and years and years. But, you know, eventually you can iron things out if you want to. You can make things work if you really want to. And as so, I got older, it just made sense that, you know, I would. So how did you live when you were 15? I lived on, from the kindness of boyfriends. I, you know, I, oh. I, had a, I had a boyfriend when I was in high school named Steve. Who mm-hmm. I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone's uh, high school boyfriend. But he was great. He taught me how to drive. I learned how to drive on his F-150 Ford pickup truck. And uh, he, you know, was he took really great care of me. He was a couple years older than I was, and I lived with him and his family. And then we had a place together for a while, and and we were pretty happy. Everything was pretty good. But I was kind of young and immature and crazy, and I just I was like, yeah, this is too it's too stable. I got to get out of here. I got to go. Spice wow. So yeah. So so you do have a big big stomach for that kind of freedom. See, I I would get. I'm too insecure in the sense that, like, I get thrown off when things aren't, you know, like, my my family was so, like, clockwork-like mm-hmm. that I get thrown off. So, um, yeah, you know, but um, so it, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have a, a real capacity for that kind of freedom, but you also have, like, the discipline to know what to do with it or the drive or whatever. I think – now that I'm a little older, I've just I know what it's I know what it's like when life sucks, mm-hmm. you know, and when life sucks, it really sucks when you, you know, instability brings so much beauty to life. And and if you, you know, for me, I met this person who I really got along with. We had similar goals. We wanted to make successful businesses and follow our dreams and our pursuits. And we helped each other do that. And the the outcome of it was this really beautiful situation and story. But before that, I was meeting with people that, you know, I was connecting with these guys that we, we didn't quite have the same goals. You know, it was more something something different was going on. I was younger and it was it, things got ugly and crazy. And that happened for years and years and years. Well, when you're 15 and um, I'm assuming you live with the parents, right? The family. Yeah. I mean, maybe your boyfriend was 18. But I mean, just by definition as 15, you're fairly dependent. Yeah. No matter how tough I was, or I was strong or pretty independent. I mean, I was dependent on them because they like took care. They paid bills and made things easy, and I could go to school and go to high school and graduate fi- and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah you I were was a fifteen kid. years old. Yeah, yeah. but I in mean, Maine, fifteen is like older. Uh, you know what I mean? Like in maybe. Yeah. I mean, I had a car. I had a job. I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was like, even at fifteen, I was. My dad instilled a. a good work ethic in me at a pretty young age like right. when I was 14 he was like alright time for you to get a job you know and he took me down to the lobster docks and I was like working at the so, yeah, like yeah. making lobster rolls and so you're always making, waitressing and making your own money 
Did you go to college? I you did. did. Yeah. You went to Art Institute. And um, what did you study there? I studied animation and uh, illustration and graphic design. And stuff. then did you move to New York after that? I got a job in the city after, well, I got a job in Philadelphia first, worked there for a while in mm-hmm. a video game company. And then I got a job in a new dot com startup in New York after oh. I got out of college. And I moved here. And I had been, I was doing comedy at the time in Philadelphia. And I mm-hmm. met, I was like dating Kurt Metzger. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him. I noticed that because um, yeah, I noticed. we met in art school. He was, he's a brilliant uh, he's graphic smart. artist. He's a really oh, smart I didn't guy. Know that. I mean, I'm really curious. Yeah, I wanted to. That was like one of the things that I, that yeah. I had in mind to ask you we about. We had a great, great little time. I mean, you know, it ended kind of badly and it wasn't perfect, but we had a lot of fun together. And th- I really look very fondly on those years. You know, we mm-hmm. met in art school. We just really hit it off. We smoked a ton of pot. We, mm-hmm. you know, he was like practically a virgin when I met him. Wow. And he like had just th- overthrown his religion. So, I mean, we had oh, like yeah. a lot of fun together. And uh, and and we lived together for a couple of years. And I, you know, I, I helped him and he helped me in certain ways. And, and uh, then, you know, I... I didn't realize like that you met him so early in your life. Yeah, yeah. We before we were just kids. when you yeah before, we were like eight, like nineteen, I guess, or twenty wow. when we met. And and he, when I moved to New York, I I sort of abandoned him at one point. I was like, all right, I, I you know I I want to move to New York and I want to pursue comedy. And he was doing comedy too. And he, but it, it, like we we were kind of butting heads because comedy at that time was still very dude oriented yeah. and he was hanging out with like Jay Big Jay and Kevin Hart and and uh-huh. we you know we oh, don't wow. hang out together but those guys wanted to go do stuff like without the girlfriend and instead of being seen yes. as like another comedian I was seen yes. as the girlfriend yes. so they would a lot of times just okay. be like you you hang here we're going to go Well that's what I'm curious can I I just want to ask you about Kurt just one second because like the thing about Kurt I don't know him at all and I'm you know I've only whatever I have a pretty broad impression of him but yeah. he seems like one of those guys that like is just gonna like say he's like one of those guys that like you're afraid of in elementary school because <laughs> he'll just totally take he you out he is brilliant he yeah. really is a very smart guy and I mean even when I was like 19 I knew I knew how strong he was I knew his capabilities and uh uh-huh. And yeah, I mean, like when we would get into fights, it was like vicious, you know. And we fought a lot because we were young and we didn't really right because you're we immature. Doing. You yeah. were kids in a relationship. But is he like that, or like I he mean, was, is he, he really was, that mean? He Can he really be that mean? Extremely warm and kind, and we really had a very genuine love and affection for each other. I I believe. I mean, I mm-hmm. at least from my point of view. We mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun together and really cared about each other in my you know from from yeah. my recollection I of hear things you. and you know it wasn't perfect like we we fought and stuff and everything like yeah. that too but but he when we did fight we made up pretty fast and I, I mean so I, he wasn't evil I don't think he was evil I think he was just. I think he's someone who, you know, he was like raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I think he had. Kind yeah. of, I can't even. I don't really. I can't really speak to exactly what his uh, thoughts are on that. But I imagine that it was a little tough um, being in, in this situation where you're kind of forced to be part of this relation, this religion that really you don't maybe is not exactly yeah. a fit. And then once he broke out, he he broke out in a really big way and was able to find his own kind of independence and. There's other comedians who are Jehovah's Witnesses too. I think I can't think. Yeah, of there's a couple. I, there are a few like um, Mormon and Jehovah's Witness comedians out there, and yeah. So are you guys like friends now or friendly, good terms? Yeah, what? we we get a, we get along fine. Um, his his uh, girlfriend um, and uh, and I also get along. Karen Margolis and mm-hmm. I don't really see them or talk to them right. that often. But when I do, it's all like hellos and hugs, and you know, there's yeah. no no yeah. like ill will or any, yeah. anything. We sometimes I, te- I text with Kurt now and then, and I'll ask him questions or like t- say congratulations on something. But yeah, we don't really we don't yeah because everybody's busy. I don't really get to yeah. hang out with that many people. I don't even and get to really hang out with my friends. I mean, right, yeah. right. I, I mean, have, I, have, I have a couple friends who I sort of hang out with now and then, but for the most part, I just keep my head down and stay. Try to yeah, just, you got a lot to do. Are you are you a workaholic? I don't think so because every single weekend I leave town and I go dig crystals in the mud. Oh um, wow! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, where where any anywhere in particular? Or? Yeah. So um, I've I'm not going to give away my spot because I don't no, want, I don't, don't. Want to blow up my spot. But Mm-mm. I found this place uh, in New York that I like to go to, 
and New York State. Yeah, it's and it's really in beautiful. the country though. Yeah, it's in the country. It's like hours and hours away. And, mm-hmm. and I go and I you, there's like this huge pile of rocks and you can smash the rocks and there's crystals in the rocks and it's really beautiful. And we and my husband and I go camping and we build a big bonfire. I went for the you know the super blood moon and we watched the moon and the eclipse over the bonfire. Oh it was man, really beautiful and <clears throat> excuse me and uh, yeah that's um that must be great. I love it. Well, I had a, this kind of a health scare recently oh. where I um, I won't go into too many details, but I basically it's it's hard to not go into details, so I'll go into details. Yeah, I, what? what? I, I had a lump in my breast, and I had um. to get it like examined and sort of. And it turned out, you know, for now it's like fine. I just have to kind of like keep yeah. it on it. Yeah, DCIS. What's that? I had that. I had that DCIS yeah. where they find a lump in your breast. Uh huh. Um, and it's frightening, and then I mean, I actually had it's it's very controversial now whether they should treat it or just watch it or whatever. But I know it's traumatic. It yeah. was horrifying, and I had yeah. to do all this. I had to get yeah. like two MRIs and all and they yeah. all kinds of stuff. Really frightening. Really, yeah. really scary. And um, and I just was like, I got to get out of here, you know. So I started just splitting every weekend and going um going out of town, and and I Good created a little habit, <laughs> a new hobby slash habit. And I've been doing it every – I did it basically all through the summer, and now I'm just kind of like – that's my you know, MO I've been, now. I've been dying to do that too. I've been like going well, for hikes. Well, come with me. I will. Where, where, well, yeah, you guys camp out. I love camping. Yeah. I, I try to get my husband to camp. Well, we, we, we started camping. Yeah, it's great. Well, once you get into it, it's first of all, it's not camping. It's like glamping. Yeah, know, that's what it is, really. You bring all your stuff. There's a place to plug in your iPhone. Oh, I know. There's water. There's hot showers. I know. We know, went camping. My husband and I went camping with five gay guys. So I, that sounds I, fun. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> Did you guys sing musicals around the campfire? No, but they they wound up playing on like, I don't know. I hate those board games. That, like Scrabble. It was oh, really stupid. Fun. Oh, that sounds fun. I was like, oh. <laughs> I think my uh, Phil and I went in the tent and watched. Uh, we had uh, something on the iPad, uh, one of those, I don't know, HBO series. So you know what? Did, did this go fast or what? We have 10 yeah, minutes wow. left. Like how fast did this go? Fast. I, I mean, I can talk forever. Someone told me I talk too much, and I said I don't think I talk enough. Because <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I were talking as much as I would like to be talking, I would be playing giant festivals every weekend you know what i, I think mean? you're like, right I, i'm not I think you're enough. right and yeah i know you can you can never get enough out That's right because there's a lot going on in there i yeah. can tell so you know what i think we should take this like big risk and give each other our okay. gifts let's just react really honestly okay. what do you think like tell me exactly what you think good and bad okay okay so it's not wrapped this is something i got at like a thrift sale like a billion years ago and then when you open the place i actually i actually you don't know this but i tried to when you first opened it i actually walked by one day to try to give it to you but the place was closed so here it is thank you so much oh my goodness it's a dolomite unicorn bell okay so this is first of all i just want to tell you what i'm thinking it's in the original box which is like yeah beautiful. box is great it's obviously from like the 70s or yeah something. i took a and, picture of all of it before i gave it to you and it's, it's a great sound so lovely and what i'm thinking is this could be an instrument in my act like oh I maybe totally use this somehow or put it in like maybe. use it for a recording i love that the unicorn has a little goatee oh i hadn't even thought of it's that it's so great i love it thank you, you do you, really Lisa. yeah yes I I really do. This is the thing. I usually don't like tchotchkes mm-hmm. because I don't like stuff to fill mm-hmm. up fill everything. I like mm-hmm. it to be a little more. But I love stuff that goes on the walls. I love paintings. I love pictures. Yeah. I love art. And mm-hmm. I actually have a wall of unicorn art at the unicorn. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everybody, please send me. Yeah, I gotta, art. I gotta get send something me 70s up there. Posters, send I gotta get something your, up there. Your own I gotta stuff make that something. you drew, and we'll frame it and we'll hang it on the wall That's at the, great. In the wall of unicorn art. We've got quite a collection, but this is really special because it makes noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I, I hadn't thought of that. All of all kinds. So this actually is a really great. This is the best kind of tchotchke that you, you, you know. What? Have. Why I feel good about giving you that present? Why? Because it's small. Yeah. So it's only like three inches high and an inch and a half wide so like you can never go wrong if you give somebody something small it's yes. okay no matter what. Dr. Lisa gives a shit.